Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. I don't know that I could say it any better than Linus. But it is a succinct truth. It is what Christmas is all about. And this will be a sign for you. As I read the passage to myself over the week, that word kept coming back to me. And this shall be a sign for you. This will be a sign for you. And I started thinking about signs. And they're all around us. There are stop signs. There are yield signs. There are signs that give us direction, tell us where to go. There are signs that advertise. The messages are all around us. And sometimes we have trouble sorting through and sifting through all of the signs and the messages that we're getting. Because not all signs are what they appear to be. What are the signs that we can trust? What are the signs that we can ignore? Who knows? Sometimes it feels like we're being swallowed by an abyss. And just struggling for a little bit of daylight. A little bit of hope. And we want something a little more concrete, something a little more real, something that we could sink our teeth into. I saw a cartoon of a guy driving down the road, and there was a billboard on the side of the road, and it said, Bob, quit your job. Love God. (laughs) And Bob is driving in his car, and he says, finally, A sign. Wouldn't it be great if God spoke to us that way? Wouldn't it be great if you were minding your own business with this huge question and all of a sudden you felt a tap on your shoulder and you turned around and there was God. And he says, I've got an answer for you. Yeah. Sometimes God works that way. Ask those two ladies over there. But the biggest, most concrete sign that God has ever given to us is a child born in a manger some 2,000 years ago. And no one captures the narrative better than Dr. Luke in his second chapter of the gospel according to Luke Gospel of Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Chapter 2, he he writes this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree. You know, why is it that politicians have to get into everything? In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone, everyone went to his or her own town to register. So Joseph also went up 
from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest! And on earth, peace to all on whom his favor rests. An amazing narrative. An amazing sign. A sign of the ages. A sign that was set forth before the Lord said, let there be light. I have this idea in the back of my mind. That the Trinity had a conversation. Bless you, my child. Again. To create in our image. To create in our image. What would that look like? Would it be an infinite creation or a finite creation? Would it have free will? What would be the purpose? There is so much love within the Trinity. How can we not share this love? And so to create in our image a universe peopled with men and women created in the image of God with the freedom to love as we have loved. Are you kidding? To create an infinite image in a finite form is to invite disaster, yes. Because love cannot be commanded. Love can only be chosen. And it must be chosen freely. 
What an opportunity to share the love that we have. You know they're going to blow it. Yeah. Because they have to have that choice to walk away. How do we reconcile? Oh, I have an idea for that as well. And when the time comes, I'll go, said the second member of the Trinity. Before the foundations of the earth, the plan for the child born in a manger was set forth to offer hope, to bring peace, to bring joy wrapped up in love that would be expressed through a child born in Bethlehem. A child. Amazing that the God of all creation who exists outside of creation should choose to enter into creation in the form of a helpless child. What a gift to us that we have a Savior who knows It's not some distant God who is disconnected. You don't know what it's like, Lord. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I know. And I know it's hard. And I know that the world in which you live is broken. But it will not be broken forever. And this child, that I will give to you will bring good news and great joy for all who will receive him. It is a beginning of the healing and the joy that God wants us to experience, is to be a part of that healing. To love as we have been loved. Not out of obligation, not out of duty. But simply because we were loved first. I'm tired. I'm sure you're tired as well. I still remember when it first broke. We need to lock down for two weeks. And I'm mindful as you say that, Diet, that one day is as if a thousand years to the Lord. <laughs> Oh, 
None of us would ask for this. None of us would want this. But this is what we have. There's not a one of us here tonight that has not had a hard and difficult thing happen in our lives. None of us. And God doesn't promise us that if we believe and trust in the child born in Bethlehem, that all of our troubles and trials would go away. But what he does promise is that I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, we celebrate the promises of God. And those promises include the return of our Lord and Savior. And so we celebrate Advent, and I love the Advent season, and I love the candles. The candles follow a progression. There is a lesson in each one, beginning with the first week in Advent when we light the candle of hope, because the hope that we have that the world will not be broken forever, that the day will come when Christ returns and right every wrong. When there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, everything will be made new. That is a hope worth hanging on to. And that hope carries us into the next week as we think about the first advent, the birth of our Savior. Peace on earth. Which is not the absence of conflict. But it begins in our own hearts as we recognize that we have peace with God reconciled because of the sign born in a manger. One day, there would be another sign, a cross. And on that cross, our debt would be fully paid and we would be reconciled with God, and God would give to us a righteousness that is not our own. Reconciled with God, peace with God, peace within our hearts, enabling us to be at peace with one another, to be brokers of peace, to be brokers of reconciliation. Because of the hope that we have. And when you have hope and you have peace, how can you not have joy? My favorite line in Steel Magnolias. You remember that movie? My favorite line in that movie. They are just, these women are, are crying. They are sobbing. And somebody says something and they start laughing. 
And one of the characters says, laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. Laughter through tears. Have you ever laughed while you're crying? That's joy in its purest form. Because of the peace and the hope that is ours. With hope, peace, and joy, how can we not love? Oh, we, we figure out a way. One of our greatest challenges is to love as we have been loved. And you know what? I'll be the first one to admit I've not always done it well. Who's with me? But because I haven't done it well doesn't mean that I stop trying. To love, to will the good of another. To turn away from my own issues and say, how can I make somebody else's life better today? How can I will the good of another? Jesus said it to his disciples. He says, it's a simple commandment. Just love each other. As I have loved you, go love each other. By your love, the world will know you are my disciples. When we fail, we know where to go. Because at the cross, there is always forgiveness. Because there is always love. And where there is forgiveness, there is joy. And when joy is kindled, our peace returns. And our hope endures for another day. I have hope. I have peace. I have joy. And I have love. Because I have Christ. And that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information please go to gmpc.org.